Well, good morning and welcome to Alpine Church. My name is Chris. I'm one of the teachers here and uh, really, really excited to be with you today uh, as we're kicking off a new series in the book of Revelation. And, uh, you know, we live in a, a very crazy time right now, don't we? I mean, I can't remember things as crazy as they are right now. I was talking to my wife and I said, we will remember this for the rest of our lives, right? The, the pandemic and the coronavirus and, and masks and, you know, it's not just that. It's all of the things that are going on in our nation, in the world, uh, you know, like all of these crazy events. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, a really close friend of mine. He knows that I'm a pastor and he said, hey, do you think this is the end of the world? And I kind of laughed for a minute, and I'm thinking, well, yeah, it kind of feels like that a little bit. But I said, uh, no, I think Jesus is very clear that no one knows the time nor the hour when that will happen. Uh, but I do believe uh, that we're living in some crazy times. And, you know, we're, we're looking at the book of Revelation, and, and maybe uh, in this time or in this craziness, maybe you're thinking those same kinds of things. Like, you know, what's happening in our world? Where are we in what's going on? And you know, I think that we're not the only ones who have asked these questions, and when we think about the book of Revelation, a lot of people would say, well, this is the story of how it will end in the end times. And you know, uh, I think people have been using the Bible, I think people have been using the book of Revelations for a long, long time uh, to try to come up with ideas of when this might be. You know, I've heard of... uh, uh, evangelists, televangelists who have said the end of the world will happen on this date, right? And I think we're all still here, if I remember right. Uh, you know, there was a, a, a philosopher in 1976, his name was Charles Taylor, and he published the idea that the, the world would end in 1976. Well, by 2004, he actually changed that about 12 times, right? So now it's 2020, and we're all still here. And, you know, I think that people, when we think about the book of Revelations, uh, or Revelation, they really want to make it what they want it to be. But in reality, when we look into God's word, when we look into Revelation, we see uh, that all of these failed predictions uh, were based on what I think are our wrong ideas or wrong thoughts. We come into Revelation with our own motives. So if you're here today, uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be like one of those televangelists and I'm not going to predict the end of the world. Sorry. Uh, you can leave now if you want, but... Um, that was supposed to be funny. I guess it's not. No one cares about the end of the world. Okay, so, uh, but in reality, I'm not going to do that. You know, I don't, I don't think that that's what the Bible says to do. I'm not even going to use the book of Revelation to come up with an idea of when that might be. In fact, we're going to do something different. My hope for us in this study, in seven weeks, when we dig into the book of Revelation, that we would read it as God's word. And that we would allow God's word to do what it needs to do in our life, which is to penetrate our hearts and our minds and our ideas on what we think will happen. And so let this spur us on to read God's word uh, with an expectation, with a hope, and with a trust, and let it change our lives. And so today we're going to start this new series called Jesus Unveiled. And what we're going to be doing is, is we're going to be giving you an overview today of what you can expect in this series. And so you say, why the book of Revelation? Well, I think for many of us, we think of uh, what's going on and we think that this might line up with what we read in the book of Revelation. Why should we read it? Why should we uh, look at it with you know, open eyes? And so I think what we need to do is that we 
we hope that you would get an understanding that the book of Revelation is more than just a conspiracy theory, more than just a, a crazy book with all of these different images and, and crazy things like the beast and, and the antichrist and wars and rumors of wars and, and fires and all of these things. But instead, we would see the book of Revelation for really what it is, and I think that's the, the first point. In reality, the book of Revelation is all about Jesus. When we take a look at the book of Revelation, we see Jesus unveiled. And, and the most important thing that you're going to learn in this series isn't uh, the idea of when the end of the world is going to be. We're not going to look at every single line and dissect and, and try to give you ideas and things to grapple with. What we're going to do is we're going to highlight Jesus in the book of Revelation, you know, I believe that the entire Bible really points us to Jesus, but specifically, Revelation really highlights and elevates the person of Jesus. And I think that if you were to ask many Christians or many people who follow after Jesus, if you were to ask them what the book of Revelation is about, you would get all kinds of differing opinions. You might think it would be uh, an understanding of the end times. It might be a, a kind of a, a picture of, of what things are going to look like, what we're going to experience, and it's going to be this catastrophic, chaotic thing that, that will eventually end with us reigning with the king. A lot of that is true, and we're going to be looking over that in the next coming weeks. But you know, what's interesting about the book of Revelation is, if it's all about Jesus, you would say, well, why don't we talk about Jesus until the 19th chapter? If you've read the book of Revelation, you know that the first 18 chapters are really setting the scene for the coming and the return of Jesus. Now, that's going to be in week six of our series. We hope you come back. We hope that we don't scare you away today because we're not giving you the end of the world date, but we hope that you'll come back. Now, I want to start out with this. If you were to, anybody in here a movie fan? Movie fan? Yeah, good, most of us. Uh, Netflix has been our saving grace for quarantine, right? Can I get an amen? I've watched a lot of Netflix, just about every rerun possible. Uh, and, you know, think about the greatest movie you've ever seen. Or if you're just a movie buff, what ha usually happens in movie? There's always the hero. There's always the, the person that it's about. There's always the great story and the great plot. And if you were to look at the book of Revelation, I want you to picture the most important person, the most unsung hero, the one who was the biggest part of the movie as Jesus. And everything that revolves around that, all of the historical events or all of the events that leads up to the climax is all about Jesus. And so when we get into the story, when we get into Revelation, we will see that everything else is just a supporting actor to Jesus. And if we're looking at it as the script, uh, the people and the, the, the nations and the churches, all of those are just supporting actors that are elevating Jesus. As a matter of fact, we read this at the very beginning of Revelation 1, starting in verse 1 through 2. It says, this is a revelation, this book is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to his servant, John, who faithfully reported everything that he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And so what we see immediately at the very beginning of the book of Revelation is Jesus. This is literally a testament to Jesus. Everything that we're going to read about is about Jesus. In fact, you know, we, we read in verse 
4, if you kind of scroll down uh, in verse 4, it talks about the seven churches. A little bit ago, we did a series on those different churches, and, and what we're going to do is we're not going to look at it from their perspective, but what we're going to do is we're going to unveil Jesus through the scriptures. Now, I think this is important for us to understand is that when we come into the book of Revelation, there's really four lenses that we have to look at the Bible or at Revelations through. The first is this, we have to look at it from a lens of the first century, of who it was actually written to. You know, if you know anything about it, it was written to, uh, the original readers were uh, those under Roman Empire, and so we have to read it, and from our perspective, even though those things have happened in the past, we can see how it might have applied to them, and then turn it into how it might apply to us today. The second lens is the kind of the future lens. So uh, in the book of Revelation, we will see all kinds of things pointing towards the future, what will come, what we can expect. And so we have to look at it from that lens, the, the, the period of what's going to happen before Jesus comes back to the earth. Uh, the third lens that we need to view it through is kind of this universal lens. You know, the Bible talks about there being a, a literal battle between Christ and Satan. So there's good and there's evil. And there's a battle that's going on. And Satan's job, his number one job, is to get as many people as far away from believing in Jesus as possible. And you see, Jesus, what he did, he wanted to be in relationship with his people. So he came to the earth. He stepped down from the glory of heaven. And he lived a perfect life, a life that none of us could live. And he gave his life as a living sacrifice so that we could be in relationship with him. And so everything that's happening right now in history and what will happen in the future, there will be a battle. But eventually, our King Jesus will reign and he will defeat evil. We'll talk about that here a little bit later. The last lens is the, the contemporary lens. In other words, then, how do what I read in the book of Revelation, how do I apply that to myself today? How do I see Jesus in the book of Revelation, and how do I allow that to change my heart? How do I allow that to draw me closer to him? Because the truth is, everything in Revelation, if you don't get anything else from today, everything in Revelation points to Jesus. That leads us to the next point, is the book of Revelation is meant for faith and obedience and not just speculation. You know, many people open up uh, the book of Revelation and they read it like the National Enquirer, right? Like all of these things that are going to happen and they're crazy and they're chaotic and, and, and we're seeing things of war and the beast and the Antichrist and we're trying to find out who that Antichrist is and everyone has a different idea of who that might be in our world, right? And, and we're, we're curious to see is what, what does America play in that future? Like all of these things that, that, that people have said and there's these symbols and they're cryptic and, and we look at this book and we think, what can any of this mean? But I believe that, that reading the book of Revelation isn't just to go in there and to get some, uh, dip, some you know, cryptic symbols or events or ideas or conspiracy theories. Instead, we should read it understanding that God will bless those who are getting closer to Jesus. Listen to what it says in, in uh, chapter 1 verse 3. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. You see, the very first thing that it says is this book is prophecy. 
And so what that means is it's literally speaking events that will happen in the future. But the main role of prophecy isn't to get us on the edge of our seat in the middle of a movie. What the, the main thing for prophecy is to point us closer to God. You see, in God's word, everything that he says in his word comes to fruition. God cannot lie. God, what God speaks will happen. And so when we read the book of Revelation, we can know that that is God's word and that his word will always come true. And so when we look at the prophecy, God wants to encourage us to get the bigger picture. He wants us to understand that Jesus is coming back for his people. And so, you know, the Bible calls it a revelation. It's the unveiling. It's this, uh, uh, you know, apocalyptic writing. It's not like a normal writing that we would read in Exodus, which is, you know, historical writing, or even Matthew, where, where it's historical writing. What this is, is this is giving us an understanding, a bigger picture of what is to come. And I think for many people, they want to read Revelation as a blueprint, like, they want to read every detail and see where that's going to come into fruition. But in reality, we have to read the book of Revelation like it's this abstract painting. Because there's all of these things that are going on and there's all of these different themes and thoughts. But really the only thing that matters is the painting itself. And that is Jesus. And so the hope of that is that we would read these words and that it would bring blessing to us. But listen, it's not just about reading God's word. In fact, it's about applying God's word to our life. If you look at it in the end of Revelation in chapter 22, we have at the very beginning of, God, of Revelation chapter 1 saying uh, that blessed are those who read the words, who read these words. But then we see in, in 22 verse 7, it says, look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who then what? Obey the words of prophecy written in the book. Now, if, if you see something where it says, blessed are those who read and blessed are those who obey, and it's bookending, uh, you, you should probably read the book, right? When we read those things, we, we have the ability to be blessed, to receive great blessings. Now, it, it doesn't say in here, read these words and be in awe. Read these words and, and just, you know, all these crazy events that are going to happen. What he says is, listen, read these words and don't just speculate. Don't just have ideas. Don't bring your ideals in there. But instead, obey what I'm saying. Obey what I'm saying in these words that I'm drawing you nearer to me so that you will put your faith in me so that when the time comes, when the end comes, you will spend eternity with me. You see, my hope is that we don't just read this and, and think, ooh, what's going to happen? Or, oh my goodness, are these things really happening right now? Instead, it would be, man, I'm going to do everything in my power to read God's word, to apply it to my life, to have it challenge me so that it draws me nearer to Jesus so that when the time comes, I will be ready. That's the heart behind the book of Revelation, that it would change the way we live, not to stimulate our curiosity, but it would really truly change who we are. That we wouldn't just speculate, but instead indeed we would truly let these words penetrate our hearts and our minds and it would change the way we live, the way we are with our spouses, the way we lead our kids, the way we communicate to our coworkers, the way that we live our lives in response to Jesus, that it would impact every part of our life. That it wouldn't just be a story that we're reading, but instead it would be life-altering and life-changing. So when we get back to the central theme, Revelation is all about Jesus, and if we drill that down, we're going to discover this, that the, the book of Revelation then presents a picture of Jesus, 
like we've never seen before. You know, many of us know the story of Jesus, right, coming to earth. And he came in the form of a, a child, a baby, a humble servant. And, and he lived a perfect life. And, and we go on to see how he taught and people loved him. And, and there, he was engaging. And, you know, some people, when I was growing up, they had that buddy Jesus. You guys remember buddy Jesus? That, that picture, right? Like, this is Jesus and he's this cool guy and he's loving and he's all of these things. But what we're going to see in the book of Revelation is we're going to see not baby Jesus. We're not going to see buddy Jesus. What we're going to see is the coming of a warrior king who is going to conquer evil and death and Satan for all time. And what he's going to do, he's going to come in and he's going to righteously, with a, a righteous vengeance, he's going to defeat death and sin and the grave and sickness and all of these things. And so we're going to see Jesus in a picture that we've never seen him before. And we're going to see him crowned in majesty and in glory. Listen to what it says in, in verses 4 through 5. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come. From the sevenfold spirit before his throne and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all of the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and who has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. You know what I, I love about this picture here is that what we see is Jesus in his triune nature. You know, this is Jesus in the Trinity. We have the sevenfold spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. We have God the Father, and we have Jesus the Son. And so we see the triune nature of God. And what he's saying is, is that he loves us, and he cares about us, and he wants to be in relationship with us. And he's saying that he is the witness to these things, and he will be the one that will execute these things, that he is the one who will be faithful to everything that he says, not just in Revelation, but from Genesis to the end of Revelation. And he says that he is the first to defeat death, the only one to defeat death in the grave. And he says what will happen in result of that is that we, those who have put their faith in Jesus, will too defeat death for all time. Man, if that doesn't give you goosebumps, I don't know what does. Jesus is in control. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the ruler of all powers and principality. He's the one that is the head of all things. And you see, nothing can separate us from his love. In fact, not even death, because he gave his life as the pure, spotless lamb, the needed sacrifice for our sin. You're gonna read, or we're going to teach in a couple weeks about the lamb of God. You see, back in the Old Testament time, in order for people to be forgiven of their sins, it was a yearly process. They had to sacrifice their best animal. It was a goat, usually. And every time, it would be an atonement for their sins. And so there was this process, it was the, a religious process, and it was a righteous person, usually the priest, the high priest, that would have to go in and would have to slaughter this animal as a sacrifice, and he would have to cover for the sins of his people. And this would happen over and over and over and over again. And you see, now what we have is the pure and spotless lamb, the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. And so for those of us who put our faith in Jesus, our sins are forgiven forever. And not only now, here on earth, but we will one day stand before God 
And we'll read about this in Revelation chapter 19 where it says that if you put your faith in Jesus, that your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. If not, you won't, and you will be eternally separated from God. And so what does this do? When we read these things and we see Jesus in a different light, how how does that impact us? You know, I think for many of us, myself included, it's easy just to to go through the motions and to check the boxes and to say, hey, I went to church, I I read my Bible, I pray, I'm doing my best, I'm in a small group, I'm doing whatever, right? I'm, I'm a good person. And we miss out on the personal relationship that comes that we have the opportunity to have with the one who created heaven and of earth, the one who spoke this earth into existence. We have uh, the opportunity to be in relationship with him. As a matter of fact, our sin no longer separates us from God. When we accept Jesus, he then takes residence in us through the power of the Holy Spirit, and we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so how does that impact our life? It should change everything that we do, everything that we say. It should impact every relationship that we have. Listen, this, I just want us to sit back and absorb this vision that John had. And just the words and how he describes Jesus. And I want, I want you to ask yourself, do I look at my relationship in that way? Is my relationship with Jesus, do I honor him? Do I love him? Am I in awe of him? Do I worship him? Do I lay down my life before him? Or am I just running through the motions? John said this, When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest, His head and his hair were like wool, as white as snow. And his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were polished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. And he held seven stars in his his right hand and a a sharp two-edged sword. Truth came from his mouth. And his face was like the sun in all of its brilliance. And listen, this is John. John walked with Jesus. And he said, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys to death and the grave. Do you think of Jesus like that? Do we lay at his feet and worship him and say, God, you are in control. You are on the throne. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And may you impact every part of my life. And would the response of that be me falling at my feet in worship, not just checking the boxes, Would it change the way I lead? Would it change the way I communicate? Would it change the way I speak? Young person, would it change who I am at school? Would my relationship with you be so impactful that it changes everything that we have? This revelation of Jesus is in all of his glory and his power. And listen, one day we will see Jesus, and it's not Jesus the baby. It's not Jesus the buddy. It's Jesus the king, the warrior, the conqueror. It's Jesus in all of his glory, in all of his majesty, in all of his goodness. And we will worship him.
You see, when Jesus came, he came in humility. And when he comes back, he's going to come in righteousness. When Jesus came, he gave his life. When he comes back again, he's going to, to give new life to his people. And my hope is in our response would be that, man, it would change our hearts. You know, what's so interesting about what he said is he says, I'm the first and the last. And this is him even talking about prophecy in, in Isaiah 48, 12. He says, listen to me, O family of Jacob, Israel, my chosen one. I alone am God, the first and the last. You see what Jesus is doing? He's saying, I am God. I am God. He says, I'm the living one. He said, I defeated death. I went to the cross and I didn't stay dead because I am God. I had the power to defeat death. And what will happen is one day I will restore everything. I will make things new and you too will be raised to new life. He says, I hold the keys to death and the grave. Death is not ultimate. Our eternity is what's ultimate. And the decision we make, either to put our faith in Jesus or to not put our faith in Jesus will determine where we will spend our eternity. You know, there's a reason why God chose to reveal all of these aspects of himself, the aspects of Jesus, and we'll see that it's not just a random list. In fact, it's the most powerful thing possible, and it's all significant to the book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, this is our last point, the book of Revelation offers us a hope that Jesus will prevail over all evil. You know, I, I think, again, we go back to the first century lens here, and we need to understand who this was written to. Do you know that, that John's readers were under Roman Empire? And so they were experiencing persecution like you've never experienced persecution before. They were literally being forced to, to, to give homage and to, to, to say Caesar is our God. And so what they were experiencing is that they didn't do that. They could lose their life. They were ostracized. They were pushed away. And he's saying, listen, our God is bigger than any principality, any national leader. Our God is bigger than death and disease. Our God is bigger than addiction. Our God is bigger than a broken relationship. And so the, the, the persecution that you're experiencing, the persecution that we experience every moment of every day from the very beginning of time when sin entered the world in Genesis chapter 3 until now are results of those things. You know, I just spoke with a young woman here who, who lost her baby, literally full term lost her baby. And she says, I, I, don't, I don't know that I have hope anymore. And I said, listen, what we just spoke about gives you great hope. Because what we experience now in evil and sin and darkness and shame and sadness, that will be made new once again when Jesus will create a new heaven and a new earth where there is no sickness, there is no shame, there is no addiction, there is no disease, there is no death, there is no sadness. And so one day you will hold your baby girl again in a perfected world. And you see, the enemy, he wants us to, to live in the brokenness, in the darkness, in the sadness. He wants us without hope. You know, every single person in this room has been touched some way by sin. Every, every single one of us, our relationships, it could be a death in the family, it could be an addiction that's represented. There are so many things. And then we, we step out of our own life and then we look at the world. Do you see what our world is going through? It's sin. Division in race, division in politics, wars and rumors of wars and famine and all of these things. This is the result of sin. But listen, we don't live without hope. Instead, we know that one day Jesus will prevail and everything will be made new.
And that's what spurs us on. When we think of Jesus and his goodness and his power, we are able to move forward. Listen, what I think sums up the entire book of Revelation so perfectly is found in in chapter 17, verse 14. Together they will go to war against the Lamb. Everything that we're going through is war, spiritual warfare. And Satan and his enemies and the darkness are doing everything they can to get us away from the Lamb. But the Lamb, listen, but the Lamb will defeat them because he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And his called and chosen and faithful ones will be with him forever. (laughs) Listen, whatever we're going through and whatever we're experiencing, these crazy times, it might be the end. But you see, the end for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus isn't something to be fearful of. It's something to be hopeful for. I remember I was a a young kid. My, my, My dad was an alcoholic. My parents got divorced at a real young age. My dad gave his life to Christ and then uh, got remarried to my mom and then we became religious. Uh, he ended up, they ended up getting divorced many years later. I think I may have told the story. So first time didn't work. Second time didn't work. So hopefully there's not a third time, honestly. It's probably for the better. But I know it sounds bad, but I know my family. Uh, but I remember when uh, I went to vacation Bible school as a really young kid, and they were talking about Revelation. I don't know why you would ever talk about the book of Revelation to like a 10-year-old. But I remember being in this place, and I was so afraid like what was being taught to me, that I gave my life to Jesus, I think, every day for the next year. Like, literally. You're only supposed to do it once, but I did it every day for a year. I was so afraid. And I remember, I grew up here in Roy. I lived just right above the train tracks. And every time a train would come by, I thought it was the trumpet sounding and, like, God was coming back. Like, uh, every time a train, our house would start to shake, and it was like this big, loud train. I'm like, Mom, it's the end of the world. And she's like, no, honey, it's just a train again, right? Like, all of these things, and there there was earthquakes that were going on, and I was so afraid I was so afraid, and I remember living in a life of fear and and being like, am I doing the right thing? Am I saying the right things? Am I being a good enough person? And, you know, I think what happens is we look at the book of Revelation and we get afraid. What's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen? Are there going to be wars? Am I going to experience chaos and tragedy even more than I'm doing now? And, you know, all of these things about the beast and the end times and, and all of these things. What is going to happen? And you know what? My hope is that you wouldn't rest in that but instead that you would rest in the end. And you know what the end is? The end is standing in the presence of the Almighty God. And if we have put our faith in Him, we will spend eternity with Him, worshiping Him in perfection. No no more brokenness and sadness and sickness. No more. Instead, perfection exactly the way that it was supposed to be. And we will worship Him. Now listen, there's a couple people represented in this room. And the first is those of us who have done that. We've put our faith in Jesus. And the Bible says then we should live our life to honor him in everything that we do so that when he comes back for us, we're ready to ride into victory with him, to spend eternity with him, so that when he opens up the Lamb's book of life in uh, Revelation chapter 19, when he opens that up, if our name is in the Lamb's book of life because we've put our faith and trust in Jesus alone for the forgiveness of our sins, the Bible says that he will say, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> now there's a, a, a very sad reality. It's, it's black and white. And the reality is, is for those of us who have not done that in this room, the Bible says that he will look for your name to see if you've put your faith in Jesus. And if you have not, the Bible says that you will be eternally separated from him in a place called hell. 
And not only being separated from God for eternity, the, work, the creator of heaven and earth, but, but being in a very, very bad, dark place. <laughs> My hope for you is that you would receive the greatest gift that you could ever receive, a relationship with Jesus Christ that will change your life both now and for eternity. And so wherever you're at on that journey, we would love to share with you how to make that step. And let this, let the book of Revelation and understanding the unveiling of Jesus, let that impact the rest of the series for you. Let's pray. God, I thank you that your word is challenging. I thank you that you love us despite our shortcoming and our sin. God, there are people in this room who have been seeking, who have been lost. God, maybe they're afraid. I don't know what it is, God, but you've brought us here for a reason. Wherever we are in our relationship with you, for those of us who have put our faith in you, God, would you spur us on to realize that we are living to impact the world on mission for you, to point people to you so that we can bring as many people into heaven, our coworkers, our family members, our friends, God, this world, so that they could experience a relationship with you eternally. For those in this room who are seeking, they're lost, they're investigating, they're broken, sin has overcome, it's hopeless. God, I pray that you would show them that, that you're there in Revelation 3.20 where you say, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone who opens up the door to their heart, I will come in and we will share a meal as friends. God, you see us as a friend so that our life can be changed forever. Let that be the cry of our hearts for those of us who don't know you in this room. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.